Going on, savages. Welcome back to another episode of the Savage Snowflake Podcast with me, Jeff Leach. How are you? Look at how loud I am over there. I'm just pointing out to my guest that we've just done audio checks and now I've started shouting again into the microphone. I do it every single time and you guys always tell me, hey, why don't you not fucking shout at the beginning of your podcast? Well, guess what? You're not my real dad. You don't get to tell me what to do. When you start paying for this fucking thing, <laughs> then you can start telling me how to live my life. Uh, despite that very aggressive intro, I'm in a very good mood. I've had a really good day. My girlfriend's back in town. I made love last night. I fell asleep watching The Sopranos. Life couldn't be better. It's all, it's all going in the right direction. How are you? You guys uh, reach out to me quite a bit now, and I appreciate that. Remember, the DMs are always open on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course, even on SoundCloud. If you're listening to the uh, the episodes on SoundCloud or something like that, you can reach out directly there. Uh, thank you very much, of course, to our patrons, like this wonderful man up here. Dan Lloyd is a savage. He's a $35 a month subscriber. If you want to donate as little as $1 a month, you can do that over at patreon.com slash savage snowflake. Yes, I'm coming in hard with the begs for money because we don't have sponsors anymore because I wanted to remove the adverts for you look at how nice i am but now i need you to be the advertisements do it all right ladies and gentlemen joining me today is a wonderful comedian uh writer performer uh which we originally met in new york city i believe is that that's true right. yes okay. that's correct. uh louis katz now louis katz has done all sorts of great tv stuff most recently you could have seen him on uh this is not happening on comedy central he's also had a new album that just came out last year correct yeah yeah uh, um, called Catskills. Catskills. And then you had a, a previous one, yes. uh, a half-hour Comedy Central special as well. Comedy Central special and then, then an I album. I did my research. Yeah, thank you. And that was called, the the album that accompanied that was called If These Balls Could Talk. There you go. Yeah. Uh, have those balls done much talking? Oh, they talk. They yeah, talk all the time. Yeah, yeah, they, Every night in comedy clubs. <laughs> they got a lot to say, man. What's the best story your balls have got to tell? Uh, best ball-based story? Yeah. I well, actually, say. let's wait. Hang All on. Right. Best <laughs> is such a general term. Okay. What's the What's the most terrifying situation your your balls have been in? Terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying situation for my balls. Mm. I guess. I mean, so those are different stories. I would say, like, any time when I've, I guess, swimming with great white sharks. I guess if if a great white shark had bitten my balls off, that would have been terrifying. That is pretty terrifying. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of why the I, fuck were you doing? That? I wasn't. Sw- I was in a cage. You know, it was a. It was. A, I wasn't. I wasn't like out there swimming, but it like it was very. You know. But you were still teabagging your balls beneath yes, the cage. I was. I was. I was <laughs> using them. I was chumming the water. You know what I mean? That's what, that's what we call it when you dip what, your balls. Ch- yeah, yeah. You just chumming it up, and uh, and. Then <laughs> but I was. I was. I feel like that was the, probably the closest. I mean, just like I guess all of me was in danger, but you know, specifically the balls also. As well. I think. Um, I think the idea of being in the ex- vast expanse of the ocean is the most terrifying thing, just in general. Oh yeah. Just being. Have you ever been plopped into an ocean and had a boat go away? No, have you? Yeah. Why? Um, went out with some. <laughs> Why did the boat go away? We went out with some. Like, people hate me. <laughs> um, no, I went. I went on. A, I went on a trip with some friends, and they, they, we had like a like a, a little sort of a excursion boat. So uh-huh. it wasn't like a big yacht or anything. Uh-huh. And it was just rented for the day. But there was a guy, this Greek guy, and he was like eh, blah, 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 drunk on uh-huh. Raki. I can't uh-huh. remember what his fucking name was, but he was a lunatic, like uh-huh. a, a Greek pirate. Okay, cool. And uh, we all jumped off and me and like three girls, uh, well, two girls and one guy, the four of us jumped off the boat and were splashing around and the captain was being funny and just, <laughs> like just, oh my god just went okay have a good time and drove away <laughs> and like fucking and it was I, we could still see it it wasn't there was no point where the boat was just gone no but still. and we're like oh we're gonna die but um he yeah he just started powering off and it got very quiet very quickly and all of a sudden as soon as there's not anything large next to you nothing 
physical that you yeah. can climb onto, yeah. you realize just how fucking huge what's beneath uh-huh. you is. And I felt like my testicles were just, <laughs> the dread was just sinking them down like an anchor of fucking yeah. misery and fear. Yeah, man. I was, uh, when have I experienced, well, once I was, when I was uh, like 10, I went to, uh, to Mexico with my family and we were on a catamaran that just capsized off Mazatlan. And uh, we were just out there. We couldn't get it back up. It was just me, my my mom, and my uncle, and my, I think my sister and my cousin. And we're just out there in the middle of the ocean. And the crazy thing is that Mexico doesn't have a Coast Guard. So a straight-up Navy like gunboat came and picked us up, which wow. was pretty intense. That's pretty fucking Yeah, dope. it was crazy. But I've experienced that like... The craziest thing about that story is the fact that you thought anyone was going to have any kind of sense of empathy for you when you were on a catamaran holiday with your fucking family at 10 years old. What kind of a blessed life did you lead, Louis I Katz? was in Mexico. If you, I don't know if you've heard, but it's somewhat affordable. I don't know if you're aware okay, of Okay, fair. Yeah. Fair. So it wasn't a catamaran. It was just a fucking boat with a couple of bits, a couple of boards strapped I mean, onto the side of it. It's a sailboat that my uncle claimed he knew how to sail. There you go. He fucking clearly did not. And hey, do you want to get on the boat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like one of those. Yeah, and then it was, yeah, yeah. So, But I've, I've even, I remember there was one time I was in Thailand island and i was uh just like just when it's like dark it's when as soon as night falls and there's no lights and the ocean it's just so black out there and i remember there the was like a little black. like what is it the infinite black it, exactly yes like in my heart and um and uh just like there was like a little like lagoon or like a you know kind of a bay where it's shallow out front of like we were staying on the beach right and uh but when you just wait out there at night and you just can't see anything it's just black all around you like it might as well be forever you don't know what's there and it's it's so creepy it just it just really like freaks so you out. many like of the best horror movies and, and i'm not talking like a jawsy kind of you know uh, thriller whatever horror but i mean like even ones about space mm-hmm. that deal with darkness or unknown mm-hmm. area or liquids that we don't know it all comes from our fear of the ocean i think Probably that's very primal. My friend did a like a he has he's an artist and he has this drawing of like actually a very tiny guy, and just in, and the rest of the canvas is all the ocean and it like gives it like hits that primal thing like just looking at this gives you makes you feel uncomfortable just looking at yeah you like oh, yeah, wow yeah it's just so you ever you ever have you ever done this you ever been in a very large empty like room but not with any not like a theater like an empty room it kind of gives you the same feeling it's weird what just like a, a warehouse space yeah. is completely empty yeah. It's like it feels you feel very tiny and it feels weird and very like extra lonely. It's I don't know. It's trippy. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking hell, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think uh, maybe you got a, like a mild amount of agoraphobia. Maybe. I mean, I, I'm like that. I got a lot of. I'm all right in big problems. rooms on my own. You're, I mean, I'm just telling you. I'm not saying it freaked me out. I'm saying it got that same like erection. Yeah. Just hard. Uh, <laughs> instantaneously, like I'm scared right now, and my dick is getting super hot. It just makes me hard. I just that's what I'm into: large, empty rooms. I like it, dude. There was a, a photograph that I just saw on uh, I, some Reddit thread that I was, you know, scrolling through. Yes, I am one of those guys, and I, I saw um, it is a shark, a giant, whatever, a bit, a bit, a giant. It would it be a great white? They're the ones mm-hmm. that fucking kill people, right, and eat people. I mean, yeah, I they mean, will do. If yeah, they, they. I mean, they're they're the they're the ones from Jaws, but they're not they're not that bad, you know. But I, they're still predators, right? Yeah, sure. And they're they're if they predators. give you a little nudge or a little bite, see what you like, and yeah. they smell a little blood, then yeah. they're gonna fucking eat you. Yeah, right? they'll fuck you up. Um, it was one of those, but it was a great white, so it was huge. It was something like fucking twenty foot long. These motherfuckers okay. grow. Yeah, yeah, they're huge, big, and they had a photo. These divers had a photo of it, and. On the side of this fucking thing, this thing's a fucking monster, right? It's uh-huh. not a whale, uh-huh. but it's a fucking giant shark. Okay. And they can go very deep, those giant great whites. And on the side of it, there were, like, all its gills were, like, all torn up 
and it had scratches all over the side of its face, like big scratches and shit and blah, blah, blah. And people, people on the internet were rightly just like, what, what fucked this great white shark up? And why do we not know what it is? Because there's things down there, man. There's fucking sea dragons and giant, <laughs> you think that like giant, you know, the old tales of giant octopuses, you know, yeah, yeah, coming yeah. out of the sea and fucking the kraken, yeah, yeah, yeah. eating people's ships. Like that shit, that, they definitely fucking exist. Yeah, well, I, you know what? It's probably it's probably a killer whale. I'm gonna get, in, I'm gonna nerd out on some marine biology shit. You know that actually, great white sharks no longer an apex predator because killer whales will fuck up great white sharks, and they work together as teams. They're mammals. They're smarter than them, and they'll fuck them up. Hang on, wait, wait, hang on. They're not in Apex Legends. Apex, yeah, an Apex Predator is like the one, like no one else is eating it. It's the one that eats everybody What's else. What's an Apex Predator? I the top know. of the food chain. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, top, I, top of the I food chain. I play a video game called Apex Legends. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a Battle Royale game like yeah. and Fortnite who's, who's going to make it to the top, right? Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. It is. yeah so, I didn't even know that's what the name was. Yeah, yeah, so Great White Sharks were at the top, but they're not anymore because killer whales can eat them. So, so you reckon it was a killer whale that fucked? Yeah. Now, how does that explain the lacerations though? Because what a Great White... Starts chewing on it, you know? If a whale, if a killer whale yeah. put a fucking great white in its mouth and had a little yeah. nibble, it would just crunch right through that fucking thing. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Okay, all right. All right, I'm going to say squid. I'm going to say giant squid. Giant squid. Okay, all right. With little claws on it. Yeah, they got little claws. They got little pincers on the end. Well, I think they? they like sucker things like probably like will we'll fuck them up. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Or like... Yeah, I mean, I guess this is where my, my knowledge of science... No, falls off drastically. <laughs> you already impressed me with knowledge of what Apex means. I didn't even know what Apex means. I did a fucking English degree at university. What a waste of time that was. All right, so tell me how Louis Katz became a comedian. You, you, I thought originally you came from New York City just because mm-hmm. that's where we've had most of our interactions mm-hmm. at the Comedy Cellar yeah. and uh, you know all the best clubs in New York. Yeah. Well, people assume I'm from New York. I think it's uh, just because I'm so Jewy that they assume that I'm a New York <laughs> person. I'm but like I'm- ashamed... To admit that there's a little truth to that, <laughs> yeah. even when it comes to it. And I'm someone who prides themselves on not making snap judgments based on the aesthetic qualities of a person. No, no, it's not. But you're it's, right. It's very, it's yeah. just, it's very uh, identifiably a Jewish comic birthplace. Yeah, you know, yeah. And also, also, I do have, I have, I have uh, New York roots. My grandma's from New York, and my, uh, my, and then they moved, and she moved with my dad from Brooklyn to L.A. But you so, don't, sa- you even sound East Coast. Yeah, maybe that's because of him, you know? Maybe that's because of being raised yeah, by him. Yeah, you're like, oh, you know, my grandfather's from New York. And, you know... <laughs> I wish I had that New York accent. It's so rare that you actually hear the New York accent even in New York. You know, I love when I actually get to hear it. But you don't sound Cali. You're from California, really, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You're not like, hey, dude, what's up? No. Nah. Louis Katz, bro. Yeah, but who, have you met anyone that actually talks like sugar that? Sugar my motherfuckers. What's <laughs> up, dude? Actually, you, when you just said that, I was like, I was hanging out with someone last night who talks like I that. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Muzzle, bro. Muzzle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people actually do talk like that. I don't know. You know what? I bet if you if you met my whole crew of friends, because I'm still friends with them that I yeah. grew up with here, I bet we all talk the same. Now, I don't know what that when sounds like. When you get together with them, you do that yeah. relapse back to old. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that when I go back to I sort of found a video of myself on a TV show from years ago, maybe 10 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sound so cockney. Mm. I'm like, all right, well, welcome to the show today. You're not blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then now I don't sound like that, thank God. But Oh, the worst is when, um, when uh, well, like Madonna, when the celebrity, and I get it happening, but it's on an English accent. Yeah. Or what's her name? It starts doing, it's doing a New York Jew accent um, from, um, Russian Russian doll, have you seen that? Oh yeah, the actress. Yeah, plays... Natasha Natasha Leone, is that her name? Uh her... potentially. She she was in Orange is the New Black as yes. well. Yes. Yeah. She is doing 
the heaviest. And I watched that show. I'm like, I've never met anyone in New York who talks like this. It's so extra New York and Jewy. It's like insane. It's like it's almost and she's like meant to be Russian. No, 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 no. It's it's called Russian doll because it's like about nesting. It's like a metaphor. But um, oh. but I'm just saying. I don't think she and and I was like that's weird that she's putting on that action for the show. Then I saw her on a late night show. I guess apparently she talks like that all the time, and, but apparently someone told me she didn't like a few years ago. Like this is a new thing that she came upon this accent. So I don't know. I don't know about that. Man, you got to start worrying about actors when they do shit like that. It's weird. It's like Joaquin Phoenix. Like you get you get the idea. Go all right. He went off and suddenly got a bit fat and became a rapper at one point <laughs> and was being weird on a show. I know it was for the that premise was a of bit. a movie. Yeah, it was, it was a, a bit. bit for a movie. But there was a part in it where you're like going, I think maybe he's in, maybe he's like believing this. That's what he wants you to think. That's how good he is. He's, know, he's, man. he's I great. Think, I think all actors, and I say that very much with personal reflection uh-huh. and self-awareness, all actors are desperately trying to escape themselves or escape their reality. Wow. That's part of what being on stage and playing different characters serves as a purpose. You know, you get to be something different. You get to escape your own shit to tell someone else's story. And that's mm. kind of a freeing experience. Well, that explains why I don't like actors generally. <laughs> why? Because they're desperate to escape themselves. <laughs> yeah. And, and then... And- Aren't comedians too? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. Maybe desperate for approval more. But no, no, it's actually the opposite. A good, real good comedian should be trying to get closer and closer to who they actually are. And trying to be more honest. In terms of finding their voice. Yeah. But... By telling our stories on stage, by going into our, you know, the 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 most personal elements of our lives and making them a thing of ridicule, mm-hmm. or the saddest parts of our life and making them oh. a thing of ridicule, aren't we therapeutically escaping the serious nature of that thing or the sad nature of that thing by turning it into a thing of comedy? Yeah, we're escaping it, but we're not escaping it by becoming someone else. We're escaping it, hopefully, by coming closer to our. Some story. comics do, though. Some comics literally put on a character on stage. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I, I guess I find actors to be a little bit, um, well, they're dramatic yeah, by nature because yeah. it is a drama. And, thespians. Yeah, they, I, I like actors. Yeah. I don't like thespians. Yeah, yeah, they're dramatic. They're phony because that's part of the thing. I'm not, and but I've met actors who I actually really like, uh, and so this is all generalization. But sometimes, what about I, you? Have you stretched the acting legs at all? I've done a little bit of acting and I can, but it's just not, you know, I never, I hated auditioning. So that kind of like took me out of the, really? out of that. yeah, I, I, I can do it. And I've, I've done a few decent things, you know, little videos for, uh, um, my own videos that I've made, or I've done some videos for Giannis Papas out of New York. I love Giannis like Papas. Yeah. Him and uh, Chris Stefano. What they what they're up to now with their history hyenas, I think yeah. it's fucking beautiful. Yeah. 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 They're, they're kind of blowing up over there. So, um, so I've done a little acting here and there and, and um, but yeah, just that auditioning, man, it's just like, it just drives me nuts. Everyone. It seems like it's so little work, but I think it's actually a ton of work to properly prepare for an audition just to go in there. You're there for like 30 seconds. Well, if you seconds. do it right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? And, you know, so, but, um, yeah, I, I have just never really explored it. I would, I could, but if I would have to, like, know that someone was interested in working with me and then I would do it. I just I just can't stand the auditioning thing. I think there's um a lot of crossover these days that when comedians succeed or when they start to gain some kind of prevalence, uh, or prominence, sorry, not prevalence. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. become prevalent in the industry with some prominence. Yeah, that works. Uh, they, uh, the, the first thing that producers and execs want to do is go, right, let's do the story of you as as a comedian. You're going to just play yourself. Because I think it was the yeah, Louis yeah. C.K. model, really. I mean, sure, like, sure. Or Seinfeld. Yeah, well, the idea of doing a show for a comedian based on their lives, that's, I mean, that's even older than Seinfeld, I think. I can't, well, I guess he's the one that first one that played a comedian, comedian. But yeah. I mean, like, uh, look at, um, 
who's that guy from? Uh, I mean, Roseanne. You know, is not. I mean, that's she's not playing a comedian, but it's still her life. Right? Yeah, I was. I mean, surely that household would have been way more racist. Though, if it was her <laughs> life, right? There would have been fucking Nazi memorabilia around the place. <laughs> Darlene would have had a Trump poster on her wall. If we were making it real. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. There's. I mean, they've been doing that forever. They always want us to do a show or something like that. But it makes sense. You know, it's like if you don't do, if you don't move into other mediums, some people aren't comedy fans. Like. Rodney Danger, or like, a, who was it? No, Sam Kinison. Like, because he's really only lives in these, like, a special or a couple albums. I mean, he doesn't live at all. Yes, lives. <laughs> he's mostly dead. Most of the time he's dead. Most of the time he's but, dead, but every now and then <laughs> he does a comeback tour. It's, I'm telling you, it's, it's through movies and things like that. That media is, is, uh, has a longer shelf life than a stand-up. And also, some people just aren't going to consume the stand-up. So well, because we're oversaturated with it now, maybe well, that's now, but always like it just it just doesn't it doesn't age well. I'm saying like you have people are probably more familiar with Rodney Dangerfield because he's done movies as well as the stand up Caddyshack and things yeah, like that. Caddyshack, yeah, Caddyshack, Back to School, classics. Yeah, um, but uh, uh, Sam Kinison just doesn't have that other presence, so he's kind of a little bit forgotten. To if you're not a big comedy, if you're fan. not a comedy fan, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kinison was a lunatic though, so he sort of had the. I think if you if you can in the world of comedy if you can become, and this is again brings us back to our earlier point about you know putting on voices or doing mm-hmm. characters or sure. maybe not necessarily being as truthful in your characterization. I know that if I wanted to be infinitely more successful in this country as a, as a British comic, uh-huh. I should either follow the Guy Ritchie or the Jimmy Carr route. Which is well, that's what Americans expect of Brits. They want me to go on stage and either be like, even be like, "Oh, hello, I'm British and I'm very, I'm very posh and I, I'm a little bit silly and I'm a little bit awkward." And that's isn't that nice? Isn't that that's what Jimmy Carr does? Jack Whitehall does it. They okay. don't. They're not normally like that. They created exaggerated versions themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And push that. Uh, I mean, like Jack White was a great example because he had some success in the UK. Same time as me, we did mm-hmm. actually hosted the same TV show, Big Brothers Big huh. Mouth, and we were doing lots of stuff together in that respect, on the same par. Uh-huh. And then he switched up his whole shtick huh. to be like the most popular comedian in England that time, which was Michael McIntyre. Huh. If you have you ever heard of I've Michael? Heard, I know all these names. It's, yeah. Okay, so McIntyre's like probably. I mean, I don't know if he is today, but he was the biggest comedian in England for many years. Wow, and he's. Oh, I'm so British. Really? You know, and you know when you got the draw, you got the mandrel, mandrel. Uh-huh. And he's very much like that. He appealed to the upper middle classes, right? Okay. And, and the upper class. But people could laugh at him in a sort of Basil Fawlty esque manner. You know, he's like, oh, I'm posh, but I'm very silly. Uh-huh. And Jack Wilde changed his voice to be more like that and then subsequently blew up. Wow. Because they were. And I think there's something about. Being, um, what's the right word? What would be the right word? Maybe like a becoming a not caricature, but if you can be an, yes. an enhanced two dimensional version of yourself without yeah. losing any of your depth as of personality. Well, it's it's funny because people say find your voice and they mean it like a metaphor, like what's your what's how how do you um, what's your perspective and things like that. But actually, literally, if you have an accent or a distinctive voice. That it makes that makes it so much easier for people to jump on board sure. with or the character fat, or the persona or, or anything like that. Yeah, fucking weird face. You yeah, know? yeah. If there's something, they're like, "Oh, you're this guy." I mean, think about like two like, fucking yeah. LA Elevens like us. <laughs> I mean, it's hard for us to even be fun because what have we easy. got to complain about? Yeah, yeah. It's it's just my life is too easy, and I'm too blessed really to to, to even make jokes. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I just like uh, like. 
Theo Vaughn. He's got a mullet and he's he's talking like a he's talking with that accent. He wasn't like that though before. Was I know, he? I know, but I'm just saying like it works for him. And I also I do like I get a little judgy when I see someone like choosing a persona. Yeah, but whatever, it works for people. They, I mean, you know, I'm trying to be. I'm, I'm not gonna to lie. Be less... I, I'd take I'd take Theo Vaughn's career right now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> if Hell I yeah. had to walk around and just be like, man. Let me tell you about crazy things that happened, man. Man, he's great. But you know, the lovable redneck or whatever he is, the liberal yeah. redneck, is yeah, yeah. that his nickname? No, that's another guy. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was a liberal redneck as well. I mean, they're both it? liberal rednecks because sure. they're here in Hollywood and they're trying to be successful. Yeah, but yeah, uh, there's yeah. another guy who has a character that is the liberal redneck. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's a different guy. <laughs> there's something about it. I mean, uh, actually, so I, 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 now I fucking... Um, uh, I don't necessarily think that you should become like a an overt two-dimensional version of yourself. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, Matt Groening said it and a comedian referenced it years ago. I think it might even been Russell Brand who I fucking... There's, there's another example of an overt characterization that mm-hmm. I don't like. But okay. um, he said, Matt Groening was said, uh, the great thing about The Simpsons, all the characters on The Simpsons, is that if you've made any of them silhouette, you know who it is. Like They're all identifiable in silhouette oh, yeah. or their voice. They're so... Every one of those people could go off and have their own thing. Yeah. It could be the Apu show yeah, yeah. or the you know, the Chief Wiggum cop yeah. story or whatever it could be. And he's right, like becoming I think even the best TV shows, like look, Friends whether you like Friends or not you know I watched it growing up I watched it as a kid did I ever really laugh out loud no I don't think I did not once but I watched it mostly for Jennifer Aniston's nipples which seemed to be erect from series 2 until series 25 it's cold on those sets dude wasn't there stories that she used to wear prosthetic nipples oh really give herself erect nipples through a bra because she knew it brought in that's crazy more viewers more fan base isn't Friends bigger in England than it is here or it was bigger. That's almost mean, telling me that they said it was like they said what our Seinfeld. It's like kind of like Seinfeld over there. It's Seinfeld bigger. wasn't huge in England. Yeah, for but Friends, but Friends was. Friends yeah. was. Yeah, I think absolutely. Seinfeld is. Yeah, but and I don't think it was as big as it was in America. I mean, there was more people watching Friends in America than there were in England. Just, just by but percentage wise, I think Seinfeld was more of a phenomenon, maybe. But now okay. it is now Friends. I think because it's streaming and stuff like that is kind of like coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to watch it again. It's just like it still Painful. comes off as like low. It's like what if Seinfeld was dumber and prettier, and that's kind of what it is. But also of its time, you know, when it was sure. made, so that was Seinf- a shit. No, nah, but Seinfeld's at. still funny. No, that's not. You can't say that I Seinfeld disagree. was okay. from the same time, and it's still funny as hell. I'm gonna potentially invoke the wrath of the jewish mafia here <laughs> what are you gonna say what 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 i am not a huge fan of the seinfeld tv show that's crazy man dude that's crazy i can still appreciate and and it's strange because i love larry david's work uh-huh. i certainly curb is but curb is such a different show to seinfeld i think yeah yeah but i mean you forget I, when you watch them both, I'm like, you know, Curb is so funny. Larry you David is so funny. You can see the relations. You can see the relations, but you know what else? You forget that. Um, oh, now I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Jason Jason Alexander is such a good actor. He's now, a that, better actor than Larry agent, David. That's his agent, right? No, no. Jason Alexander is the guy who plays George, who is basically the Larry David character on Seinfeld. And you know what I'm saying? No, wait. I'm gonna look. Well, you know, up. Larry David is Larry David. The character that was based on Larry David in Seinfeld is George, right? You know George from Seinfeld. I didn't Have know. You watched Seinfeld. I did- you I mean, don't I've hate it, but you haven't of, I watched a couple it. of episodes. You haven't watched Wait, it. Wait, George Costanza. Yeah, George Costanza. He's the little guy with yes. bald hair. Yes, that's the that's the that's who's playing the Larry David character on Seinfeld. And oh, that I guy, didn't know that. Yeah, and he acts a lot like Larry David and Kerr, but that guy is like he's a performer. He's an actor, and and as good as as funny as Larry David is, to watch Jason Alexander, I mean that guy can really act. It's he's he's great on that show. He's yeah. it's a great show. You should, maybe you should I maybe it, if you I watch revisit, Seinfeld, revisit. you might enjoy it. <laughs> 
<laughs> you haven't seen. I, I've if definitely I, soon watched as I said like George, more than one episode. I, I don't. I don't. I don't believe you, you bro. Were, it's. I haven't watched it for five, six years. The last time I watched an episode, and it was like one episode. And this I, is what I'm saying. You got to watch more than one episode. Okay. You got to give it a chance. All right. Come on. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Come on. When I get a new TV series now, I give it at least two or three episodes before I make up a decision. Yeah. Also, Seinfeld's bad for like the first season. Jump on. Jump really? In the second. Yeah. Yeah. Takes him a minute. I mean, well, that's that's a lot of work, though, man. Because how long is a season? Twenty four episodes. Twelve you don't gotta, episodes. You don't got. It's not. It's not like these serialized things. Just jump in on the second or third. Jump in any episode you want. What kind of fucking heathen are you, dude? <laughs> oh, that's not how we do it. You've seen I my apartment. I'm yeah, OCD yeah, as yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah. I bet. You, yes, you watch everything all together in order. You have back to watch to back. it in order. Yeah. Wow. That's no, 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 no. Yeah. I can't. I can't even do that. You know, honestly, I don't watch any. Uh, I haven't watched. Sopranos, Breaking Bad. I'm just watching the Sopranos uh, with my girlfriend right now. Yeah, I can't watch. I've, I'm saving them till when I get cancer, and then I'm going to watch them all <laughs> at once. That's my plan. Oh, dude. Yeah. Is there a lot of cancer in your family? Uh, you know, it's a normal amount, you know, but I'm sure I'll get something at some point. I'm just saying, just whatever. Just the right amount. Yeah, just the right touch yeah, of cancer. Yeah, just a little bit so I can catch up on all the shows. Yeah, and then racist I'm back uncle guy. Yeah, That's all right. Yeah. We weren't too upset. It's fine. <laughs> Granddad, he's old as fuck. What Everyone in my family has cancer or has had cancer, including both my parents. Damn. Yeah, dad had prostate. Granddad had prostate. My grandfather had prostate, so that's a. I have you might be susceptible. You have to yeah. get a finger in the bum every. You technically you should do it every six months. Have to get. Want to get? There you no. go. <laughs> yeah, but no, you have to get it done at a proctologist. But you oh. want to go and get it done at the end of the massage down the road in the little tire town. <laughs> you have to every six months. You need it. I mean, it, they, so they say, like a, 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 a medical professional, like a specialist would say, yeah, come and get a checkup every six months, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, a lot can happen in your body within six months. Fuck. And after a certain age, I think after like 40, they want to start checking. But they'll go like, uh, you can check fuck. once a year. No, I got to get... I, you know what I had this year? This is the worst. I didn't even know this happened. You got health insurance. I have it up until... I have it for like three more weeks, man. I got it. You're making me... I got to make an appointment like next week. Medi-Cal, right? Yeah. You got no, I, I, have, I have... No, I have Riders Guild insurance that's about oh, to run dude. out. I had Medi-Cal. So, that's oh, yeah. how poor... That's how yeah. That's how much money I earned last year, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's so... I was... Because I was... So now I'm applying for the... For the... Like the insurance and I'm like... I'm like hoping I don't make enough so I can get the insurance, but it's also depressing me as I'm putting in the numbers. Yeah, it's really, yeah, yeah. A, it's a strange mixed emotions. I wrote them a thing and said, this is what I earned last year. And they went, yep, no more Medi-Cal for you, mate. Sorry, you've earned money now. So oh, I'm congratulations. Like, no, because now, being able to have what, who's going to stick a finger in my arsehole now? <laughs> all right, I'll do it. Now, you, don't, you don't have to beg. There you go. But uh, Podcast I, is over, mate. That's it. That's all I brought you in for. It took 27 minutes. <laughs> I finally got Larry but, to uh, <laughs> offer a finger. <laughs> this is... What I had this year, because I, you know, it's funny. It's like, um, it's funny, like, because I've I've been doing stand up since I was twenty one or twenty twenty one. So I've grown up. And You're it's like funny. the Pete Davidson of the Jewish community. <laughs> is he not? No, he's not. Definitely not Jewish. Definitely not Jewish. Just the Davidson no. made me think, like, where is he? No, of course he's not. Clearly not Jewish. Davidson. Yeah, yeah. That's, like that was that. pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, he no. Pete, Pete was like 17. He opened for me when he was like 17. Really? Yeah, yeah. He was, yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy just watch him have a growth spurt. He was short and shit. It was, it was really? Nice. Yeah. He was, yeah. He shot up like a, like a, I swear, six inches or a foot, like from when he opened for me to like the next year. And then, that's crazy. He had yeah. a late, late, late life spurt. Yeah, yeah. But, um, Oh, so so anyway, it's like it's so when I was young and I'd hear all these comedians tell these jokes and it's like uh, I'm like, oh, that's so crazy. These guys live, and now now I'm like living through all the shit that I watched them, and and it's kind of like you look at like life stages. Like I'm like 
I'm at the age where I should have the um, camera up the ass bit. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I should have. I should have like. I'm at that age. Probably next. Then then a few years later, I'll have the dead dad bit. You know what I mean? Like I'm going. Th- it's going through then life stages. Bit. Yeah, yeah. The divorce bit. So it's like it's like Suicidal life stages. Thoughts bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I'm going through those. And then I have to donate another hundred dollars to uh, a to, fucking GoFundMe. Yeah, yes, exactly, exactly. And then it's time, and that's it. That's Dude, how you know. Comedians. <laughs> uh, actually, I think it was um, maybe Candice Owens. I think might have written it. I want to say uh, a quite funny tweet. Obviously, we just lost Chris Cotton from mm-hmm. the comedy community, which was a very sad loss. Mm-hmm. But um, and I, I say that you know I don't want to cast aspersions that I knew the guy very closely. But it's he, still every, sad. yeah, and also every time I met him, he seemed like a very genuine, very humble, very sweet guy. You know, yeah, everyone totally. had good things to say about him, which is nice. But um, she said, you know, fuck joining a gang if you want to lose friends. Just start stand up comedy. But it does yeah. feel like there's been a lot of fucking. Young death. Yeah. Well, I always thought that when I started out, it was like uh, I didn't. I still haven't. None of my friends have died. But being in comedy, even when I started, there was a lot of deaths. You know, I, I started and there was um, there's a guy named um, Dan who died up in the Bay Area, local comic, and then it was the same year Freddie Soto died, and then Geraldo died, and then Patrice died. So it was like they all come in bunches. But this year, there's been a lot, man. It's it's yeah. really depressing. It's really sad. You know, I was uh, I was friends with Kevin Barnett, and that was really uh, that one that one hit hit hard. It was yeah. it was that was really sad. Um, we rally. We, you know what though, and I know this is awful. I don't feel uh, a huge amount of camaraderie in the comedy, um, in the comedy world, and the reason I haven't felt that, and but I was, I, I'm going to have a good, a nice part of this okay, point at I'm the waiting. end of it. Yeah. <laughs> but the reason I think I haven't felt that is for very simple reasons. In England, I w- I moved from television presenting into comedy, so there was animosity oh, from yeah. the comedy community because. I had the thing that they were aspiring to do. And then I went, I'm going to give up TV to do stand-up. And that pissed people off. They were like, fuck people. you, man. I'm doing comedy so I can get on TV. Well, it's but- also, uh, Al Madrigal has the classic line about it that he said to Steve-O, which Steve-O got really mad about. He's like, I'm so good. It's so interesting. So Steve-O goes on and Al Madrigal follows him at the improv. And he's like, it's so good to see that uh, my dream is someone else's last resort. <laughs> <laughs> so there is that yeah. feeling, but I don't think that's the same as you because it's no, still no, early no. on and it's something and I, you wanted to do. And, well, and you know, also, yeah, I've been doing stand-up now for nine years yeah. and I'm desperately passionate about it. And it's, yeah. you know, I am a comic. I'm yeah, like, that's, I'm a comic. That's a committed to it. You know, yeah, it, it I'm doesn't a real matter comic. how you get into it. I'm not, I'm not Jeremy pivoting this shit. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not doing it because there's a fucking, you know. Because you got a divorce settlement to pay off. Or like or 20 <laughs> Me Too charges yeah. pending. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah sorry. I mean? That's the pivot way. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing it because, you know, this is what makes me feel alive and I feel good. good. And good. I was on stage before that. But, but my point being, so that in England, that very much put me outside of the comedy community a little bit. Plus, aesthetically, and I was more, even more bullshit and definitely a little arrogant back then. So what was that? What did you before that? Bullshit. Uh, what the fuck is that? Bullshit is like a, a sort of a, an overconfidence, a bit, a bit of a big entity. You'd say like gregarious or. How do you spell it? Bullshit. B O L S H Y, I believe. Is yeah. this? Is this a? Should I know this word or is this like? It's slang? a real word. Yeah, bullshit. Oh, it's so bullshit. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's one of my words. So. It's like a. It means arrogant. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Let me let me get the. Uh, let me. Let me I, I'm, I'm assuming that's the spelling. B o l. I've just never S-H-Y. heard it before. And then in America, understandably, people over here, uh, bullshit de- definition. Here you go. B o l s h y. Uh, it's loading. My phone is hard. This is an iPhone 6s. Remember, you can uh, oh, yeah. you can Patreon.com/slash <laughs> Savage Snowflake. Oh no, it's bullshit is with an i e or adjective bullshit with a y. Um, of a person or attitude, deliberately combative or uncooperative. 
Bolshe. I was a Bolshe teenager, full of argument. And it comes from Bolshevik or socialist. That's kind of where it comes from, you know, like like this is someone a, This is a UK thing. This isn't an... Is this a rare word that I should know? I, I swear mean, I've never heard it before. It's an adjective. It's in a dictionary. Uh, some kind of British dictionary? Yeah, one of the original <laughs> ones with all the letters in it where we don't fucking just remove half a word and go, that's how we say this shit now. <laughs> fucking America. I know. There should be a U in color. Why? It's useless. <laughs> but anyway... I used to be like, so I understand why they didn't like me there. But here in America, um, what I've experienced is a, a similar vibe, uh, lack of camaraderie, because I went straight in the comedy cellar, which again, ruffled mm-hmm. feathers. Sure. And then uh, I didn't come up with anyone here. Like, at least in England, yeah, I yeah. came up with people. You need a you know, class to come up with. Yeah. You it like, helps a lot. yeah, you fucking work with people. You remember doing that shitty uh-huh. fucking club for five people and doing that yeah, every yeah. single weekend, going down there and waiting with your buddies. And that's, there's something about that that ties you together. Totally. Uh, unless, you know, like the comedian I mentioned earlier on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. Just, they just go, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but. All of that aside, even though I haven't felt very much camaraderie amongst the comedy community mm-hmm. generally, which is why most of my friends are not comedians. I, 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 well, I'm, I have similar thoughts. Go on. Oh, I'd like to hear those. Mm-hmm. When comics die, the camaraderie is wonderful. Yeah. I like that at least, even if we're not super nice to each other in life, even if people don't seem to, you know, people love to backstab and bitch and two-face yeah. and whinge and, oh, this, why is this person succeeding? Ah, man, all that. Yeah. They love to do that shit. But when someone passes away and we all collectively know this is fucked, like this, yeah. this, this man's left behind a wife and, a, and an unborn fucking child. Yeah, it's this, this one's really sad. And it's always, I think it's just because it's such a hard... But they've raised like $50,000 yeah, yeah, really, in like three yeah, days or yeah, something. And everyone, it keeps going up and people and you, keep and donating. I'm, I was like, I was, I mean, maybe I'm just kind of emotional, but I was, I was silly. I was looking through the list. I donated anonymously, but other people didn't. You and d- was, I didn't. I put my yeah. name. Oh, you didn't? I, I, it's, you know what it is? It's Amy my, Schumer put her name as well. Yeah. She donated $2,500 and put yeah. her name on it. I was like, you could have done five and you could have kept it anonymous. <laughs> Just saying. I'm not saying. I'm, How I'm, many millions? Yeah. <laughs> How many millions? I gave 100 bucks. Let's work this shit out, right? <laughs> this is, I, hope Chris, I hope Chris would approve of this incredibly shallow deconstruction of his GoFundMe page. But let's lay this out, Louis, okay? I gave 100 bucks, right? Uh-huh. And uh, and I had Medi-Cal last year. Right? <laughs> Amy Schumer has how many tens of millions? Twenty five hundred bucks. I'm just saying, everyone. Not that many comics dying every year. That's what she. Well, she should. That's what she gets for not doing it anonymously. <laughs> so you could say, I thought that was. Exactly. I don't think that's generous. I think it's oh, very it's generous. Very generous. I think it's nice of her. If but you're I- <laughs> like, if you're Pete Lee. Well, she's got a kid now. If Pete Lee, well, because Pete Lee's successful, but yeah. he's not millions. Yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. making millions. Yeah, I mean, it's like I was. Uh, I remember it's funny. It's like these weird things that, and I'm not religious at all. But it was like one thing uh, uh, I learned in like Hebrew school growing up was that like the top level of giving is to give anonymously. To not let anyone know and keep it all anonymous. Absolutely. So the person doesn't know. Simply just, giving yeah. because you want to make that person's yeah. life easier or whatever. Yeah. Not because you want any recognition for yeah. it. Yeah. So I try, when I give on those things, I give anonymously. But it was like, I'm honestly like. You're a better man than me. Uh, well, no, but you don't know how much I gave. But. Uh, <laughs> Fair. Fair. You know what? The funniest bit. Have you seen the funniest bit of that whole fucking donation page? What? Is someone clearly a hater of his uh-huh. donated $5 and put Rich Voss. <laughs> <laughs> fucking beautiful that's hilarious it's so funny that's really funny just like five bucks from Rich Ross that's how 
that's funny. I glad, and also I'm glad we can still be funny through it all. But it was yeah. like watching, watching, just reading through it and seeing everyone he gave, smaller or large, mm-hmm. and really not the amount. Was like it was kind of it was. I found it really touching. It was it was Absolutely. It's really sweet how everyone does. And I think people just know, man, this life is fucking hard. It's really hard. Like I didn't, I didn't realize. I never thought it would be as hard as it is. And it's not. I'm, I'm, I'm doing fine. I'm doing well. But it's like I really didn't have any concept of how difficult it would be when I started out. Right, Maybe if yeah. I knew, I might have. I don't know if I would have chosen something different. Maybe really? I wouldn't have, but it's just I just really. When everyone's like, it's like, don't you want more stability? I didn't understand. What, I didn't understand what that I think meant. I'd be further along in my acting career if I hadn't done stand up. Really? That I'm certain of. Not just because of time, um, but the the uh, uh, time or emotional in- mm-hmm. investment. But I think also um, that the, what it takes to be a great comic, and I, what I what I perceive subjectively to be a great mm-hmm. comic, which is honest raw revealing empathetic uh and funny. yeah you might want to put funny in there at some point funny goes without saying no you're right you're yeah, right yeah. man but i mean in this day and age jesus christ is that i mean that's so subjective you know one one man's funny is another man's ted talk you know i uh, guess man funny no i mean i, I that's true and funny is funny is, is a, a, great, a great oversimplification but still I'll make a joke about amy schumer's donation uh-huh, uh-huh. right but and and whether I like her com, I I didn't enjoy the last couple of specials from okay, her. Sure. However, mm-hmm. millions of people did. Mm-hmm. So she's funny. Like I can already say she's yeah. a funny woman. She's not yes. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's you know, the, and yeah, but there's that. There's there's things that are like. See, I don't think I don't think t- taste is subjective. I think it's objective. I think there's good stuff and there's bad stuff. And I think that's what you can say. You can say this is good. This is this is not for me. But I get that it's for someone else. And you could say this is this is shit. This is just shit. And if you like this, you have shit taste. I'm not saying that about Amy Schumer. I'm saying that in general. Like, yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. that way about music. I feel that way about food. Are we just going to com- pretend like there's such a thing as subject? Like, some things are good and some things fucking suck. And, you know. Now, is that based on numbers? Because if you have. No, it's look- not based on numbers. Because McDonald's has billions served. I'm an artist, right? I'm uh-huh. a musician. Uh-huh. And I make a fucking terrible. <laughs> weird album, right? Yeah, that sounds bad. And a lot of people go, that's dog shit. Uh-huh. But. 10 people on the internet love it, listen uh-huh. to it religiously. Now, is it still shit because those 10 people like it and they just have shit taste? Now, what if a 1,000 people like it? It's not a number thing. It's, it's not, not a number, number thing. thing at all. It's not a number thing. It's it's about it's a, what makes good art. Makes I mean, art, it, art is different also from like... The thing is about is comedians aren't straight up artists. We're also kind of entertainers. What it's probably 100%, 100%. closer to is... Uh, I think the closest... Like, analogy to it would be uh chefs or cooking mm-hmm. because if you if your shit doesn't if your food doesn't taste good you have failed it if doesn't you're not matter how people, well yeah. you plate it yeah. up it doesn't yeah so you have to it has to it has to um perform a certain thing it has to make you taste good tastes so uh, and a comedian has to make people laugh so Absolutely. it's like Absolutely. it's not like an artist where it's like you didn't get this was supposed Unless to make you, me what Unless your hand against me. And then it's more about provoking thought. Again, a subjective viewpoint. Yeah, but no, no, but, but, yeah, exactly. If you're going to, that's why, that's why all those, and granted, all the critics that were riling up all the stand ups were straight up, um, uh, what's it called? Trolling us. We all sure. got trolled. The whole commodity community got trolled. But when they, you could say the special is all sorts of things, but to say it's the best, if you're using the word comedy, it's just not a comedy. So it's a, it's a, you know, it's really, 
great for what it is, it's which a is something different. One woman show yeah. with yes. comical elements and theatrical, thought provoking yeah, yeah, storytelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. But is it a great one hour comedy special? Yeah, no. Comedy should make you laugh. Comedy should be funny. Funny over everything is yeah. what it is. So, so that's that. But are there some sick fucks out there who, as Hannah Gadsby pours her heart out about a gang rape situation, are laughing their heads off? To them, <laughs> is that the greatest comedy album ever released? <laughs> no, they're probably they're probably still uh, they probably love Cosby. I would say I'd say Cosby is still going <laughs> to be their old favorite. school Cosby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's no Cosby, but it's nice to hear the other viewpoint. Wow, yeah, yeah, that's dark. But the, uh, the, that was what I was going to say. Is like I think they're almost at odds with each other. The two careers, unless you're, and the reason being because the things that you're Which, I, acting and comedy, you're saying <clears throat> because mm-hmm. as a as an actor, revealing your personal truths mm-hmm. is not what you're meant to do. And I, I categorize mm-hmm. that you are meant to draw personal elements of yourself out to put them into the characters you play on screen or on sure. stage. However, you're meant to just keep this very clean, placid, private, mm-hmm. even your social media. Like, just keep, you're not even meant to have a partner or a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Uh-huh. You're just meant to be like available, clean. Oh, you interesting. Know. And I know that there's been acting roles where they've looked at my personal, they've looked at my shit, my social media, and they've uh-huh. gone, we can't put him in this role because this is a children's network and he gets on stage and makes jokes That's about ridiculous. about well, you know uh, about well, not being able to vote in the elections being like the husband in cuckold pornography we can't yeah but yeah but you know what's interesting about that the example i was going to say about someone who a uh, you know, good stand-up doesn't have to be that personal and it could still be really great and and the good true, a true. perfect example One of that line is, of comics or, yeah, yeah like Carlin never talks about his own life in, in, in hour after hour, and he did end up being on a children's show. Never talks about his own personal life. He goes Carlin to, draws from his personal life a lot in his story. George, George Carlin? He, he no, he never he talks, talks about, about his own huge, life. Huge, big political, social climate. He never talks about his own life. A David Tell, never, you don't know. He's, somehow they both manage to. He doesn't f- talk about his personal life, but he does talk from his. He has a, his. Exactly. It's kind of cool. And they he have, will occasionally go, like, ah, you know, I grew up in a Catholic, you know, stroke, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, that's blah, blah, true. Blah, blah. Like, he does bring a bit of himself. But you in never it. hear about him, his kids, his wife, sure. his battle with alcoholism. You've never heard Carlin yeah, talk about anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Attell, the same thing. It's What's really great about Attell is he's telling these kind of one liner jokes. Somehow there's a three dimensional aspect to them. You get this whole character through. Through the jokes. Out knowing everything about his personal Without life. Without knowing anything. I mean, like, him and Mitch Hedberg are, like, the two, like, really great examples of yeah, that, yeah, where yeah. it's like, they're one-liners, but they have depth. They have real depth. And that's that's also very hard to do. But neither of them really talk about their own, like, personal life that much at all. No, you're right. Yeah. You're right. So it's not necessarily... That's just one kind of comedy, is this revealing, raw, honest thing. And then and other ones, great ones, the best, can not do that at all. You know? I don't... I, I mean, you're right, yeah. And, Car- and Carlin definitely did children's show, but he also did children's show... In the fucking whatever it was, eighties, you know what I mean? Yeah, a different time. Yeah, it's all social media has changed everything, and it's it's a whole different and also virtue signaling and you know lynch mobs and cancel culture and all that that stuff. Have you ever been a victim of cancel culture stuff? I mean, a a little bit. Not 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 really. Not not to the point where people like. Where just like I get him off TV. No, I, I haven't been on TV enough for someone to want me off of it yet. But yeah, yet, there's yet. still time to <laughs> yes. be taken down by yeah. a blog writer. Hopefully, I can make it so then I can be. It can all be taken away. Are you from on me. the the Jezebel radar? Do, are they aware <laughs> of you? I don't think I don't think I've ever done anything. Also, uh, you know, it's kind of also um an advantage to being uh, like a because I I'm a. Uh, 
I'm honest with a lot of things, but it's very joke. They're, they're clearly jokes that I'm writing. And that's the thing. Like, a tell can get away with saying anything because they're clearly jokes. Mm-hmm. If you're up there saying, like, this is what I think and these are my beliefs, even though they are still jokes, they're not. it's not as clear and people are, are dumb. To, to, they don't, you know, so it's like, it's kind of when they're jokes, you can get away with more stuff. No, the, only might- time, the only time it came close for me was, um, this is a few years, this was about four years ago, so it was before, like, Really, the, the birth of Me Too culture. And yeah, me, yeah, I would say I would call it more like movement, cancel culture. Yeah. I wouldn't put it on on Me Too like that. But it was like I just I was dumb enough to think like I, I had a political idea. I had my one. I have two friends that I like to talk about them with. One, neither of them answered their phone. I'm like, I'm gonna put this on Facebook. Huge mistake. Like now, I wouldn't do anything like that. But yeah. I was. It was like bef- I was like, this is cool. I'll just. I didn't realize that. Wait, what did you say? It was just something I, I'd have to because I think I fucked up a little bit in the phrasing, so I'd have to go back and see it exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. But it was something to the point of that. Um, Trump has it right, and that no, the world a- would be a better place <laughs> if it was completely white. Yeah. And- uh, well, look, white is right. It doesn't yeah. just rhyme, and that wall needs true. to be built. Yeah. No, it was. It was. It was during the election. Actually, it was. It was before the before we got voted in, and it was something about. About how, um, actually, about kind of cancel by like by throwing out the word racism too much, it becomes like a boy who cried wolf thing. And because people use it willy nilly, it's kind of lost its power, and that's a problem. And this is the other thing: it was like it was before that PC culture kind of flipped. The word PC has has gone taken such a ride mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. in in like American parlance. It's it's crazy because yeah. it's it meant so many different things. So this is like it meant something different to comedians at that time. Um, where I think it just meant like people and and look, everyone on the internet wants to say that that it look everyone's gotten way more open to hearing all sorts of crazy jokes in the last year. It's awesome right now. You can get away with all kinds of crazy shit for but a certain audience. Yeah, I I found that like it's the the pendulum has swung back the other way and it's really like wonderful now. And we can get away with all kinds. Are of Are we shit. talking about like kind of a good example of that would be like um, Andrew Schultze, you know that kind of thing? He's not just that. I'm saying anything like Chris I and literally. Literally, I have a joke that I had to stop doing two years ago because audience was could not handle it. That I'm doing this year that's working everywhere. What's the bit? Uh, it's like a you know a classic retard bit, but I don't classic <laughs> retard. Love it. Okay, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, um, what the fuck was I talking about? Now I kind of lost my stream of thought. You were talking about cancel culture. This was you couldn't do that joke two years ago. Now you oh can oh do so that so there was the a time changing f- a phrasing yes. of PC yeah, culture. Yeah. Was it? So there was a time when comedians we would sincerely say it's like it was getting too PC and P- audiences were getting way more uptight. Absolutely. Yeah. But then there was a point where the right kind of stole that word back and used. PC culture as an excuse to get away with anything racist. Oh, you're just being PC. I'm not going to be PC. I'm just going to say this crazy racist thing. Sure, sure. And it was like right as that was turning and some of the people that saw me... So I think I'm, I'm talking to people that are comedians or people that understand what I'm talking about. I didn't realize that some people railing against PC culture sounds already like a right-wing stance and, and a pro-racism stance. First of all, they'll ignore the fact that you're fucking Jewish, which is, uh-huh. you know, which should be a glaringly obvious uh, <laughs> element of who you are that maybe he's not, you know, a uh, backwards racist, you know. Well, Kushner and, and you know, so there's always, Fair, but there's I always mean, some shit sure, Jews but out there a New York, up. A, a New York based at that time, yeah, yeah. Jewish comedian, yeah, yeah. you'd think he's probably cool with most people and, sure. you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Jewish community and the, you know, people of color have, have had a great relationship in this country for, yeah. You know, because they went through similar shit, yeah. similar persecutions. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I get, I get that. There, I think there's, for me, even more so because not only am I a fucking red coat, you know, and what's going on with Brexit, but I'm six four. I'm fucking white. I'm male. I'm straight. I like look like a douchebag. Like I get it. And I, I, you can't say things without 
an immediate some people immediately going you're doing this right no 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 i'm 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 not being yeah. you know an awful person i'm just voicing an opinion yeah <laughs> well it's like i think there was a there's a, also i just realized like i'm going to voice my opinions to my friends and people who know me, and I'm, I'm just and the you internet. Forgot there are all those fucking Instagram thoughts that you'd friended, yeah. <laughs> and that's the problem, man. If you're gonna, you know, you give Becky a follow, she's gonna fucking write a blog about you, dude. <laughs> oh man, there's so many thoughts. It's I love seeing the other comedians that follow them too. It's usually me and like Sherrod. <laughs> <laughs> Sherrod loves yeah, it. Yeah. Sherrod exclusively yeah. only posts photo videos of him outside his own shows, <laughs> which, by the way, are booked by the comedy seller. He's always like. Sold it out again, my brother. Sold it out again. I'm like, man, did you? Or did you? But he's, you know, books great comedians and does uh-huh. good shows. But and then the only other content he has is like, mm, look at me with this Colombian model. Yeah, he's yeah. Hanging out my he show. lives a great life. He he's lives the life it. that I thought comedy would be. But yeah, it's not. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, fuck, I was also I lost myself again. Anyway, I, we're yeah, talking I just, about this post on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. And I just, you thought it was just your friends. Saying yeah. I, I, what I didn't realize is that when someone, one of my friends, comments on it, this at the time, this is how Facebook worked. One of your friends comments on it, uh, then anyone who they're friends with can see it comes up in their comes feed. in the timeline. And that's feed. what that's what fucked me up. And I'm friends with people that are friends with people that are very uptight on the left side. Sure. And uh, and they just kind of tore me up for it, like saying like, "What racism has lost it?" It's like they, I, they just really got in the new. They just didn't understand what I was trying to say. Yeah, I just wouldn't like my. And that kind of took me off social media for like a long time. Actually, just now I'm kind of getting back on, just because I realize like I might not like it, but it's something that I have to do. It's part of the job. But my rule now is that like, it's either photos, so you know, you know, Instagram, or if I'm going to post something, where it's just going to be a joke. I'm just gonna put a joke. Yeah, I have no opinions, yeah. no whatever. You want opinions? You can come up and ask. I me. did that uh, six months ago. Actually, when I gave up drinking, mm-hmm. I deleted every photo off Instagram, every post off Facebook, and huh. every tweet I'd ever sent. Wow! For the last, God knows what, seven, eight years, I guess. Why? Uh, because I realized that if there was anything, any content amongst any of that that was a joke that at the time of making it was okay and was expected and was yep. funny and was socially acceptable mm-hmm. uh there's a big chance that in today's social climate yeah it could lose me a job yeah yeah and so i deleted it and i went i don't like social media anyway very much because i think it's mostly falsified sure so all i'm going to post is comedy clips photos of you know a couple of fun things you know get, living the life a bit and then occasionally a very honest post about depression or alcoholism or whatever sure i'm going to put a little bit of that something that people can go oh it's not all bullshit on this platform, and yeah. he's a real guy. Yeah, but that's that's you know, smart. I mean, it's like and it's, the occasional shirtless photo. Louis. Yeah, you got to let people know. <laughs> I want to get. I want to be a, a supervillain. I want to play a supervillain more than anything in the world. What a shirtless supervillain! I mean, they're always shirtless at some point. <laughs> if you want to play a supervillain or a superhero, not, you have to look like a fucking supervillain or a superhero. That's not Doctor Evil. Never shirtless. So far, in the, in, the, in the version of the movie where I play Doctor Evil, he absolutely has a moment where he takes the fucking shit off and he removes his fucking outfit, and there's just like ripped, just fucking yeah, nice chest, some abs, glutes. Could be a glute scene. All right, all right, that makes sense. I could see that. So yeah. that took you off for a few years, or so. Yeah, yeah, I just wasn't. I'm just. I just wanted to. I just didn't. It just like I was like. I didn't like it. I just don't. You know, it's. 
it's funny. I like pushing the envelope and, and pushing buttons, and then it, like pushing it does, boundaries. Yeah, and it does. But I I want it. I want to still. My whole point is that I want to get away with it. I don't really want to upset people. I want people to feel almost upset and then laugh at it. You want people to get the joke. Yes. You don't want people to misinterpret yeah. it and then get offended. Yeah, by it, I really. I which legit- is every fucking comedian who's yeah. good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, here's yeah. this awful fucking thing I'm saying that's funny, so we yeah. can all laugh at it. Yeah. And also like stop it being demonized and also laugh at how awful this thing is yeah, and we exactly. know it's awful but let's make it into a thing of ridicule so we can mm-hmm. move beyond it but by the way i don't mean that thing you know that right yeah footnote yeah this is a joke every yeah. time yeah fucking. Well, i mean it did get it has gotten weird here because there is the fact that like you could it's just people are being it, it seemed like for a while you could say evil shit and it would be everyone would be like okay that's definitely being ironic mm-hmm. and these days evil seems to be like people are very sincerely evil <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's like I'm, and I'm talking about trump and all that stuff so it's like really like well is this ironic like people don't really know anymore it's, it's so it can be hard for people to tell but generally speaking if we're on stage and at a comedy show we're joking I yeah would say. <laughs> yeah it's it i mean it's yeah yeah yeah, and I, I do think there's a different set of rules for different types of comedians. I see, um, if I make a joke about the liberal left, mm-hmm. and I, as as a classic liberal and democratic-leaning individual, which I am, yeah, because of my, I'm literally racially profiled, mm-hmm. and that can make people assume the joke is hateful of the left or rather than pointing out people will take the joke from me very differently to Mm. if a black comedian for instance on stage or a female comedian on stage makes a similar joke about the liberal left or about their own camp you know and um i mean you gotta like it's you can't i mean but it's that's not just you're you're using a certain instrument man and it's it's gonna affect the crowd a certain way you have to know that like how you come off on stage yeah no absolutely that's part of understanding yeah how you're and developing your voice and going all right well i can't say these things because aesthetically that doesn't represent or they don't match up or people will already be on the back foot assuming something yeah yeah you have to you have to think about it's very hard like a a hard thing for comedians to learn is how the audience perceives you because you don't you don't know what it's like to see you for the first time you know what i mean so so it's Magical. it's hard to to <laughs> every time you walk into a room, I'm just like, all right, hard. There he is. Not necessarily hard, but there's like a t- like butterflies. Uh, all right, all right. Yeah, it's not sexual, but it's like it's like here, yeah, there he is. Look at, that little, look at that little smile. Look at that adorable smile. You know he's from California normally, right? It's got that New York swagger, but then that Californian kindness. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's in, it's a very interesting fucking time for comedy. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, and I, 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 again, I'm I'm I'm, in, I'm interested because it seems like you've had some some similar experiences in 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 that in being either mis misinterpreted, you know, by mm-hmm. people who want to look for offense and everything. Mm-hmm. That's the issue now. We have people now with a voice who have gone through their lives looking to be offended by everything. But but that's that's this is why I think the pendulum swung because people have have like smartened up they've noticed that like oh people are always trying to tear someone down for something and it's like people i mean it's like i don't know what that's it's like a very new thing, though. yeah that's a very new thing the idea of people being able to go this is always going to happen to us so so don't be apologetic for it make the joke and yeah. if people don't get it go it was a joke and if you don't understand it or you're offended that's your fucking issue yeah not mine yeah next but also also i've, I've always been wanting to like think about what i'm saying and think about like what is what 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 does the joke actually say? Like okay. like it might sound a certain way, but can I justify it? And what are the implications of yeah, doing that kind yeah, of a joke? Yeah, exactly. And if I can justify, if I think, well, 
really, I'm being ironic, so the point is this, then I'm okay with it. Except, you know what I was doing for a while? I was doing a, um, a joke, uh, a child molesting joke. Okay. And then after the show, this dude was molested. Like, I talked to him about it for like an hour. And he didn't convince me he's still wrong because I was like, well, what if I'd been molested? Would that have been okay? He's like, yeah, that would have been okay. I was like, well, how do you know if I've been molested or hey, not? You guys, so it was, it was clearly bullshit, but I'm just like... I don't want to talk to a dude who was molested for an hour after a show. Nah, it's a real bummer. So, a real bummer. Yeah, so I just kind of stopped Ironically, doing the Ironically, so joke. is the molester. Yeah. <laughs> See? See, it's a terrible joke. Yeah. That's a mean joke, but it's clearly a fucking joke yeah, trying yeah, to soften yeah, yeah. the idea of a man being assaulted as a child, <laughs> which well, is never funny. Well, actually... The, no, it's actually, in actuality, it's not. But you, like you said, you take a horrible thing, you make it funny. Yeah. And actually, I'm, I'm saying that, that's not actually what stopped me. What stopped me was I saw Ian Edwards, who was this very funny comic, had a similar joke. And mine was like, it was also had to do with pop culture at the time, so I just stopped doing it. Yeah. But it was like, it was clearly anti, it was clearly anti-child molesting, but it was just like, between Ian Edwards having something kind of similar and like having to listen to that guy for an hour, I just kind of stopped doing the joke. And you just use that, that it's uh, buzzwords and like fucking hot, hot button words. Like as soon as you say child molester or pedophile or mm-hmm. rape is another one like, mm-hmm. that's a subject on stage that i just like i i managed to talk about the concept of uh sexual boundaries between men and women and mm-hmm. i relate it to the me too movement and okay. blah, blah 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 and i tie it into dating and kind of how the roles are so very much one side in that that you know um absolutely women should be protected and absolutely if mm-hmm. you assault a woman you should be thrown in fucking jail mm-hmm. um but also, some men should be a little wary that there's not every single woman on the planet is, is you know, it has your best interests at heart, you know. Sure. So I have to do this whole bit, but it's a real hard sell and it gets bigger laughs from women than it does men because men don't feel, uh, I think, just comfortable laughing at the joke. Whereas women mm. go, no, that's funny. I get that. That's huh. I understand that's interesting. it. But um, there was a while where I had to completely change wording of the bit. Sure. I've had I've had To jokes. make it okay for female audience members yeah you got it and you got it and it's also like think about like how you don't know i mean you can't know what it's like for a woman to hear what it, a what it's like for a woman to live in the world and second what it's like for a woman to hear these jokes mm-hmm. so it's you don't know till you start w- working them out and seeing how they work and also asking i mean i just asked a lot of i yeah. talked to a lot of female friends who've seen bits and go like do you like that bit is mm-hmm. it good and they go yeah 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 although that's a little harsh word when I was on TV, you learned certain rules about wording as well, just, you know, which is the same in comedy. Different words have different power. Mm-hmm. Like the word tits mm-hmm. and boobs mean exactly the same thing. But tits is a word that men use and it's very hard and it makes women feel uncomfortable because it's very um, coarse and even just the, the, just the, 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 what, the punchiness of the T's in it, you know, yeah. it has this kind of tits, you know, tits is angry. Whereas boobs... Boobs is such a lovely soft word, and it's a word that women prefer to yeah. use for breasts. You know, I, 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 I really don't. I know that's true, and I know women prefer that. But I just, to me, it's what they're doing is. I think tits sounds sexual. I think boob sounds not sexual, mm-hmm. or it sounds childish. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I don't like when things are turned childish. I so think you would say breasts or mammary glands. I would say titties, tiats, tatas, anything like that is. Where Wait, tiats, tiats isn't fucking a little <laughs> childish. No, it's very mature. <laughs> I'm not saying it's or maybe it's not the childishness. It's like I, I, I think, like you said, it's like how women refer to their own body, and they are desexualizing because it's not sexual to them. Sure. I like titties, 
So um, I think them. titties is I think maybe titties is like the way to say it. You know, like titties. I don't know. I think I just can't like I don't like when Boots. I don't like when people say I'm taking I'm gonna, I got to take a poop or I'm a poop. That sounds I like you can take a shit. No, just take no, a shit. No. You know? A five year old grown takes up. a poop. Yeah, exactly. A grown up takes a dirty regret <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The day after, which you're gonna yeah. have at some yeah. point. You've had now a coffee and a tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna come out. That yeah. that hangover shit's I'm coming. I'm looking forward to it. Um, <laughs> I got a big day ahead of me. <laughs> need to drop a load, man. No, I, you're right. You're right. I think there's look, there's just there's just simple. I love getting into this and getting into the, the realm of like how comedy, how much thought has to go behind every joke to be good. Mm-hmm. Even the concept we we're talking about aesthetics earlier. I know when I, I I for instance I'm not a big fan of the aesthetic joke as the opening gag for a comic. I, oh, I must look like this, or you I go. Ah, oh, I know what you guys are thinking. Why is blah blah blah? Or 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 yeah, I get it. Something, I look, someone had a baby, whatever. Whatever it is, yeah. Um, now I don't do exactly that per se, but I absolutely mock my aesthetic as my opening gambit, sure. which is you know the fact that I don't like that kind of joke, and yet I do it at the top of my set. And the reason I have to, do, I have to do it at the top of my set is I have to make people aware that I hate myself yeah, at yeah. the beginning of my set mm-hmm. or that I don't have great self-esteem mm-hmm. or that I think of myself as a joke for them to be able to laugh for the next 15 to one hour. Yeah. And the reason for that is when I walk on stage in a flamboyant fucking outfit with big rings and uh-huh. skinny jeans and 6'4", yeah. people immediately look at me and go, fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and understanding that is the job of a comedian. And to yeah. go, how do I make them go, oh, he's okay. Yeah, yeah. He's all right. He's funny. Yeah. And he hates himself. So I don't have to hate him. Yeah. There's just there's just a power dynamic to comedy. And, and sometimes comedy, it seems like, usually, typically, the underdog is funnier. So if you're coming out like an overdog, you got you to gotta say, no, I'm actually an underdog. But then there was other comics who that was their whole fucking thing. Like the Andrew Dice Clays of the world. That going up and being like, yeah, but that's hey, kind of, I'm a fucking, yeah. You know, well, I mean, Eddie, I Murphy, character. Eddie Murphy is like the coolest. I mean, like, like he's like, you know, I mean, and he he's kind of like the main, like, cool guy. And even, even prior was like kind of very self-deprecating to some extent, even though it was pretty cool up there. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but Eddie Murphy's like this verse, like really slick, like he's the coolest guy. I love and he's myself. The guy. I yeah. love myself. Yeah. Look at my fucking leathery yeah. suit. Yeah. 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 Open to the navel. Yeah. But I mean, he's just so undeniably funny that it's, it's a different thing, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely something to deal with. And you know, you shouldn't feel bad about like doing the joke like that as long as you're doing the original original take on it oh absolutely it's, yeah, it's kind of yeah, like yeah. I mean the other thing was like you were well I actually about- talk about the flamboyance of my outfit mm-hmm. so I make it about that and I make it about the idea that in Los Angeles I tie it very much into my life so in Los Angeles dressing in that flamboyant way that's hashtag doing it do you know what I mean blah 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 mm-hmm. and I have this little act out I go New York this is not doing it this is getting shouted at a guy you've never met before <laughs> for the way you fucking dress you know I walk out of my apartment and a guy's like what the fuck are you wearing you red cold faggot you know and I'm like morning Dorman and it's just you know so the whole bit it's is funny. how aggressive New York City is how my outfit matches with LA more than New York, etc. So why why do you dress like that? Or have you just always dressed like that? I I've always wanted to, I've always dressed quite flamboyantly or quite rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, I it knocked out of me. It got knocked out of me when I first moved to New York. So during those <laughs> those two years in New York, I stopped dressing flamboyantly. I started wearing shirts with sleeves. Uh-huh. I took the rings off. Uh-huh. I kept the hair for a long time, uh-huh. but you know I toned it down a bit. Uh-huh. And then I realized when I moved to LA that everything that I'd beaten out had been beaten out of me in that respect, in terms of my flamboyant nature on stage, mm-hmm. was done by people who were insecure and could never do those things. Yeah. And the only people who ever made fun of my outfits at the comedy cellar or ever gave me shit about sleeveless shirts mm-hmm. or 
oh, what are you, fucking Vosses, you know, like offspring, uh-huh. you know, all that uh-huh. shit. They did it because they could never do those things. And so when I moved here and I, I, it was only in the last year that I went, I like being fucking flamboyant. I like wearing floral shirts open to the navel. That's how I really love dressing. I love wearing all this jewelry. And I should do it. Every fucking rock star comedian, every, every legend Mm -hmm. of comedy. Mm -hmm. And this even extends to someone like Carlin, Uh who is very dressed, very demure on stage. But he had his look. He had his sure, sure. It's about being like an iconic character, like we were talking about. Steve Martin in the white shirt, white white suits. You know, there's all there's all there's a way to make yourself stand out. There you go, man. uh, uh, New York can be very conservative. They kind of like them. They're very orthodox. In their in the way they like their art, it like has to be a certain way, and you hear that in stand up. You can hear that in like New York hip hop. Like like things have to be like, it's like a thing. Like it should be this one way, and it's like L A. It's like comedy. Like I I still I I still love New York comedians. I think pound for pound they're funnier. But it's like New York comedy and, scene is the best comedy scene in the world. Yeah, hands down, guaranteed. Yeah. But in L A. But the thing is, I think people start to sound similar, and I think in L A. People will people are fine with saying like. Like uh, like Dan Soder, who's one of the funniest dudes in the world, who he he is so funny. He's a funny writer, but he can also do a million voices. He can do all these different characters, and people would shit on him for doing voices as if that was hacky. And so for a while he wouldn't the act out. So. Yeah, yeah, and for a while he wouldn't do them. But it's like that's just fun. Like the only rule is you're funny in an original. You're funny and original. Those are the two rules yeah, yeah, really, yeah. and everything else whatever. So so I think New York in general can be kind of very orthodox about that, but also. That rock aesthetic, I feel like it's very. I feel like it's something very British. I feel like I see British people are still on that, whereas like America was kind of like we haven't done that in a long time here. <laughs> are you saying I'm outdated? <laughs> I'm not saying you're outdated. I'm saying you're British. Okay. So what do I need to wear then? What could be my flamboyant outfit that's still like modern enough? No, oh, I don't know, man. You look, look. I'm wearing a Being sweatshirt. Being a rock star never goes out of fashion, though, dude. That's yeah. my argument. Well, the thing skinny is, skinny jeans and an open fucking shirt all the way down here. It doesn't matter whether it's the seventies or it's two thousand and forty. Yeah, but There's you're still like, be who are like our that. rock stars now? They're hip hop stars. They're 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 pop stars. There's no rock. Who is a who is a current literal rock star? Literal rock star, not in that metaphorical way. Jeff Leach. <laughs> I don't know, man. In comedy. Not in comedy. No, no. I'm see. You're saying that's a metaphor. I'm saying a rock and roll star. Who is a rock and roll star? Current times. I mean, well, they're of uh, it's probably of a different generation now. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Oh well, what about? Oh no, no. Even I was gonna say bands like the Killers are still. You know, Metallica is still. But they're yeah, they're from a different time. That's what right? I'm saying. I'm not saying on how you dress, but I'm just saying it's a different. It's I don't know. I mean, I'm I didn't realize I was gonna have an existential crisis <laughs> at the end of this fucking. It just feels. It feels like. Um, um, Isn't that even more of a reason to embrace that aesthetic with something I like because it sets me apart and makes sure. me like. Yeah, I'm just saying it's interesting to me, and it seems Britishy to me. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But Brits are either, we're either in the rock, fucking rock, rock, or Peaky Blinders looking, or we're in a suit going, I say I'm very British. And it's ridiculous. Yeah, but you can be be whatever you want, man. You can be whatever you want. Imagine if from tomorrow onwards, Mm -hmm. I just wear three piece suits on stage. And next time you see me, we're on the same show. You come into the fucking comedy venue, you're like, oh, who's this? And I'm on stage just going, oh my God, it's crazy. <laughs> You'd fucking hate me, though. You'd look at me and go, wow, what a sellout kind of hack motherfucker. I wouldn't care. I just think you would probably be real hot in the vest and the jacket and the shirt. 
So that's what I'd be more concerned about because I run hot. I'd be concerned about you <laughs> and your oh, temperature. Oh, physically yeah, hot. Yeah, physically. Oh. No, not, not sexually. Did you see how happy Yeah, I you was. got happy. Sorry. I didn't mean that If you're all. listening to the audio of this, you should really go to <laughs> one hour and six minutes in and just see the see the abject misery on my face as I think I'm being paid a compliment on my looks. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, you're just no. going to be sweaty, bro. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. That's my concern. <laughs> that's fair that's a fair concern no well there you go yeah I mean I, I mean, it's, I think everyone's got to do it in their own unique way it's um, oh god I feel I hate that we've done an hour already I feel like we're getting into the meat and bones of it now I'm going to have to have you back and we're going to have to talk Please. more about comedy I'm um, down listen uh, Louis Katz performs all over the country uh, and uh, obviously is at the best venues in certainly I know in the West Coast and the East Coast in New York and Los Angeles but right. you perform all over the country yes uh, you're actually going to be performing in Palm Springs so you're going to be doing a weekend there coming right. up yeah I'm doing a weekend in Palm Springs next weekend uh, the 20th 21st 22nd I'm there I'm in Sacramento the weekend after Christmas and then I'm in uh, at the punchline there and then leading up to New Year's 29th 30th and 31st I'm at Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco Fuck yeah. Yeah. And also, I have a. Uh, I mean, you should come on mine. Also, check this. Uh, oh, yeah. We'll do the podcast, but yeah. also make sure you check the specials that are already yes. out as well. So he's got a comedy half hour that was, yeah. uh, that was, that, that came out a while ago. Yeah. Um, I would say the albums are, the albums are better versions of that. So listen, okay. listen to the, both albums, uh, If These Balls Could Talk, Cat Skills. Please check out my, uh, Cat this, Skills is with a K. Yeah. K A T Z K I L L S. Yeah. And you mentioned my This Is Not Happening. I'm very proud of that. So please check that out. Yeah, That's yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. And then I have my own podcast that you should come on as well um, called Roadheads. It's about traveling. And we certainly do a lot of traveling in this job. So I'd love to have you on it. And is it about specifically about the stories from the roads? It's about anything travel. It can be It can be about anything <sighs> okay. travel. We've talked to... Can I talk had, about almost getting killed in Lithuania? I would love it if you would talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I do that. Man, I, that's one element. Sorry, because I didn't realize we're just... We're plugging everything and now I'm... Going back into chat for a sec. That's okay. I, even though it was some of the most tiring, depressing points in my life, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, I really miss road comedy. Oh, yeah. It, 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 it cuts your teeth in a different kind of fucking way. Oh, Sitting yeah. in a car for fucking six hours to drive to a gig. Yeah. And then driving home after that gig. Oh, yeah. I used to buy bottles of red wine. I'd, I'd, I'd leave the gig, leave uh-huh. the show. I'd have my two free drinks, mm-hmm. get my fucking paycheck. And then I get in the get in the car and I drive to the nearest gas station and I would buy one or two bottles of red wine, screw top, and I get in my car and I drive whatever it was between two and six hours home after the show and drink the bottles of wine on the way back on the freeway. Oh my god. I do that regularly every time I did shows. Wow. Know, that was, that was Fucked up. I'm glad you're in AA. You're fucked yeah, up. Yeah, man. I remember getting home to, to getting home after the show sometimes, just getting home drunk and being like, great, I'm the right level of drunk now to like Ooh, just chill and like, man, it's wow. fucked up. Wow. Man. Well, congrats on fucking fixing that problem. Congrats on not killing some yes. innocent yes. fucking family in yeah. a Ford Fiesta. Yeah, for real, man. On the, uh, on the M25, <laughs> yeah. But there's also something about that road comedy life that unless you've... This is another thing. Oh, fuck, I've been man. on the. I've done road comedy. I never drank a bottle of wine in the car on the way home. But you've been a road comedy. You yeah, understand yeah, that, sure. like eating shitty yeah, food yeah, yeah. and getting in the car and yeah, driving yeah. for hours. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely done all that. Boxes of shit everywhere. And yeah, yeah. Three Red Bulls just yeah, to yeah, try yeah. and keep awake to get yeah, home at all. four in the morning. Mm-hmm. There's something about that experience of comedy that I think um, makes you makes you to me at least. I perceive those comedians as the as fucking real they're real <laughs> they were molded in the fires of hell the comedy is driving for four hours to go and perform for a load of drunk fucking yeah. bachelorette parties and, I mean, and shit like that 
I and definitely a load of fat old white races. Oh then, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, man, I've done plenty of hell gigs, and I, and I, and I work. I have plenty of crazy stories. I'll have to, I'll have to come back because I got, I got. Yeah, yeah please I've do, done man. That a lot, man. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, uh, make fun. sure to check him out as well on social media. So, what's all the social media handles if they want to find you on Instagram or uh, Twitter? It's uh, Louis Katz. That's with an Louis L O U I S K A T Z. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Zed, thank you for that. And then, uh, and uh, on Instagram, it's Louis Cats Comedy because there was another Louis Cats. So find me, follow me on all the things. I am posting now because I'm back on social media. So check it out. You got to do it, man. Check this guy out. Listen to the albums. Make sure you check out. This is not happening. And make sure you follow his podcast as well, which hopefully I'll get to be on soon. Yes. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining me. me. I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, that was great. It was good. Yeah, good chat. Yeah.